At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. Hey, babe. Your parents are here. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Av. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And I have alcoholic coffee today, so I'm super excited. Nice. Nice. I ate a whole cookie. Basically, we are totally doing this episode as uh, on our best selves, and um, <laughs> hopefully that is, that is that is showcased in this episode. Um, episode meaning what we're taping, not necessarily episode of what we watch which let's get into that so we watched grilled cheeses which is the third episode of glee's second season uh it premiered on october 5th 2010 to uh, about 11.2 million people side note it was the second most watched scripted show of the week for the 18 to 49 demographic just to kind of give you an idea of of how popular it was being watched at that time who was uh, number one? Quick, well, that I actually don't know. Is it CSI? Oh, there's some, there's some probably. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> that's gonna be, that's gonna be my, my, my obvious go-to. Hey, while I'm looking, let's do a quick. Who, what do you think it was? I'm gonna say it was a CSI. Okay, let's see if I can figure it out. Nope, can't figure it out this quickly. Okay, we'll never we'll know. Get... This is, this will always leave us with questions. Exactly. Uh, so here, get a background on the episode in case you haven't watched it recently. Uh, Finn has an existential crisis when he believes he sees the face of Jesus in his cr- grilled cheese sandwich. Meanwhile, the rest of the kids rally around Kurt after his father, Bert, has a heart attack, which leads to a larger discussion among the group about their own theology. Now, um, First of all, I kind of wanted to jump into this, our conversation, starting with, with what Ryan Murphy thought and what and how we felt about that, which was um, he predicted this would be the most controversial to date uh, episode to date due to uh, religion. Uh, what do we what do we think about that? Was this do we actually think it is the most controversial episode to date? I mean, to date, sure, there's 20 episodes. Right, like for me, a more controversial 25. episode happens. <laughs> Twenty-five. For me, a, cor- a more controversial totally. episode happens much farther down the line. And if we get there, I will rage for twenty minutes. But we're not there. So, so like, so you say light, yes. I say yes with a caveat of that we haven't gotten to the episode that I hate more. Not that I hate this episode. I just mean one that's more. I think more controversial as a storyline and what it's telling people and, and that kind of stuff. So you're saying, um, yes, but because this is, a, because you've had a low bar in the sense of you've only done 25 episodes, this, yeah. there's not much to say, oh my God, it's going to be super controversial. Yeah. Cause like, what else has there been that's been controversial on this show? Like a pregnant pregnancy. Uh, yeah. But is that controversial or are we just like jaded as know. fuck? I think it depends on, I feel like- on, watching like I different people's opinions of what's going to be controversial um yeah I think we are pretty jaded like yeah I'll give you that <laughs> possibly yeah, okay. if you like you know I'm trying to think of a de- like this is how jaded I am I'm trying to think of a demographic <laughs> that would like be considered a normal viewer but, like a midwestern family you know watching yeah. a show with the obviously gay teenager and like a pregnant teenager and blah blah blah. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Someone should, make a, someone should make a show like that. Someone should make a show like that. <laughs> Interestingly, the uh the critic response to the show was was fairly mixed um in regards to the, the religion aspect. 
mostly were positive regarding Chris and uh, Kurt and Mike. Uh, some of the negatives were pretty much all around, hey, this was too clearly like, this is Emmy bait. This is mm-hmm. the Oscar bait of television. It's like that that movie that comes out that you're just looking at it, you're going, oh, you just want an Oscar. Yeah, this is the television version of this. I mean, I can, I can see that, but um, what I thought when going through and kind of doing some research into this, um, I, I found um, a critic that, that had a quote that I thought was really interesting and would like to, like to discuss, I guess, a little bit more amongst us because in his article, he talks about how Glee has an increasingly inconsistent tone, characterization, mm-hmm. and in the second season, shit is just weird and not like good weird, just like kind of batshit weird for no reason. But he says Bill Jesus was an exception and he said it's an episode built around an earnest after-school special style contemplation of faith that improbably turned out to be one of the series' boldest, silliest, but finest. And I think that's a real. I think it's, the whole article is really interesting. It's from Salon.com, but um, particularly he he would call out a lot of the stuff that we had been talking about as far as hey, shit's not. You're not actually doing. You're you're making people do things based on what you need, not what they're mm-hmm. gonna do. Um, but then goes, this one, they actually they actually did stuff that was like during for the plot. Um, what do you, well, how do you guys feel about somebody saying this is this is Glee at its finest? Finest. Uh-huh. To date. To date. To date. I mean, I would say no. <laughs> Always with that caveat. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Mandy just said no. So I wanna hear this. I wanna hear, I wanna hear. <laughs> I'm not I'm not being argumentative. I don't mean like I loved it. I'm just curious. I don't know. I I hated it because it was preachy. It is. And I think it's because this is one of the things that like I think this episode is probably one of the episodes um where I bailed out of Glee the first time. Mm. Because I watched all of the first season and I know I started the second season and I know I came back towards the end of the second season. Uh-huh. Because I came back as like, you know, things between Kurt and a certain someone else were really developing. Um, But I definitely emphatically stopped watching it for a while. And watching this episode, I was like, I think this is why I stopped watching Glee. Mm -hmm. I just like have a very low tolerance for religion being, I want to say shoved down my throat. Because obviously like Kurt was very clear about what he felt in this episode. Yeah, but so were the other characters too. That's where I got that's where and my problems fell. I really don't like the glorifying of the opinion that like you're being clear that religion doesn't help you, but because I think it should, you have to sit through it anyway. Yes. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that's that's a lot of why other things in the episode are hard for me to enjoy because I just didn't enjoy the premise of it. Um, yeah, I know we're skipping around. Uh, Map has made us a very nice powerpoint presentation of what we're supposed to talk about and we're gonna just ruin it yes. in five oh, minutes yeah. um but yes i <laughs> listen uh i agree because i fall on the kurt side and it felt like every other character felt on me but you're wrong and here's why or your opinion doesn't matter because this makes us feel better and that's more important than what makes you feel better yeah that's exactly it yeah and i really resented that watching it yeah, because we get it I from every other uh, aspect of media as well, right? Like you get it from everybody yeah. all the time. Well, I think it's what's really interesting, and and just a quick side note for listeners: everybody discussing on this podcast either subscribes as an atheist or an agnostic. So yeah, yeah. we have a limited perspective that. right now. Yeah, just yeah, we have a very clear like, you know, like one perspective coming into this. But, but I grew to be up. Fair, in... My undergrad degree is in a study of religion, so. Fair enough. There you go. I would say, and I grew up in a, with a family that, and in an area that was very religious, mm-hmm. to the point of like there, there's multiple Bible studies that still happen, and and my father teaches various, uh, uh, teaches various versions of them. Huh. Um, so for me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So for me, yeah, it's my it's my cross to bear. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Get it. No, I got that too. I got it. No, thank you. All right. See, we're down with um, the religious humor. 
<laughs> we are. We like it, just, you know, in our own, in our iterations. So I identified with Kurt and with Sue, but at the same time, I also like, I understand where Mercedes is coming from. I don't understand where Quinn is coming from. I don't agree with it and I don't like it at all, but I did feel like for me, actually having and seeing Kurt's perspective and Sue's perspective is something I never got to see in media when I was growing up. I didn't get to see that there was any other way to think about things other than this. So for me, it's sort of like when I watched it, I really liked that because I was like, oh yeah, I get that they're being like, forget what you think. It's all about how I feel. But like, I never even saw that. Mm -hmm. I never even saw that there was a way that you could think outside of that box. So um, in, in in that... Right. So in some ways, I liked that they just had, you know, the main character of this episode um, being very fervent in his beliefs. And even though he goes and does things that he doesn't agree with because for for friend reasons, um, Mm -hmm. I still took he never went back to say, oh, you're right. I'm wrong. I should believe in things. Mm-hmm. which I feel like many, many shows would because they would use this as a teaching moment to say, you should have faith of some kind. And they were just like, he doesn't need to. Yeah. See, I, and, I guess and, where I disagree is that I didn't really feel like they were saying he doesn't need to. I felt like the episode just kind of made the point that, oh, he should do this because his friends think it's important, even though Kurt's dad was in the hospital. Um and and it kind of made it seem like Kurt would have been a bad friend if he had just drawn the line and said no. It was like trying to teach atheist religious tolerance to me. Yeah, which is ironic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of agree that, yeah, like, as a kid, it might have been really cool to, like, see an atheist on. So, I guess I did have Fox Mulder as an example. I was going to say, we had but, the, we had the yeah. best role model. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he was seeking was truth in something else. That show. I was terrified of that show as a child, so I did not have that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, I did. But it's yeah. very formative if you grew up with it. Fair enough. Uh, it was yeah, formative I mean, in, my, in its absence in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it also just seemed odd that out of that entire group, there was only one person who was even just questioning. Everyone else was so fervent and firm. In their I didn't think that was weird. No, I mean I grew up I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, right? Like we are who we are. I didn't grow up in the South. I I didn't think yeah. it was all at all weird that there was like one person that because in my in my experience, caveat, you know, everybody just kind of goes with what's expected, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote with varying degrees of of being like super involved so even though pe- like i don't i didn't take finn to be like a religious person or like you know try to think of you know somebody or like Artie, but mm-hmm. neither are they going to be stand up and be uh say something against it because that's sort of like well that's what everybody does right nobody's going to stand up and go against that so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we go to church <laughs> Sure, why not? Yeah, that, I mean, that wasn't surprising. If, if we're, you know, going back to Mandy's point about them, about the rest of the, uh, about uh, the message being that Kurt was like the, the one who needed to be shown, to be shown the light. The way, <laughs> the way Mercedes treated it, especially, was so, like, aggravating in a deeply personal way of like, having someone just like why don't you why don't you come to church anyway you'll like it once yeah. you're there just just come which just by come the to way church. is totally totally what people in that cult say I never <laughs> right you're in a cult call your dad um yeah just just like the I can't even think of the word that I want to use I mean it's patronizing for one thing it's super patronizing and it's very close-minded and closed off and uh, yeah that part was annoying. That part is, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this to be less like, yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Exactly. 
You were totally right. <laughs> you were totally right. No, I, I, Mandy, I think you have a good point, and I'm, I'm glad that we don't all agree on this because it, it makes it more interesting as, as we talk. Even like though five we have, minutes of like, oh yeah, exactly. Okay, we're done. Bye. You mean people don't want a podcast <laughs> of us just going, yeah, no, that's right, at each other yeah. for like 45 minutes. Oh yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're totally right. That did suck. <laughs> Let's talk about how that sucked. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess ultimately we don't, parts, part of us do think that this was their finest episode, part of us don't. And that's, you know what, disagreement is totally fine. I do, do think that this was um, one of their finest episodes to date, partly because they had um, characterization and plot mm. and they moved characters forward and they moved plot forward. And I realized my bar is really low at this point that, that I was like, oh my God, you did what you're supposed to do as a television show. Good job. I mean, good job, I, guys. I did feel like for the most part, the characters behaved in ways that I believed that they would. Uh-huh. So I believed that Kurt would have his reaction and I believed that Mercedes would do what she did. And I believed that Sue would also be like, hey, not in the fucking school, right? For the most part, I can't think of anyone who behaved in a way where I was surprised. No. Maybe Puck having a feeling about it at all was like, oh, I guess they're trying to make him a real person. But since it's Puck and like that whole thing is a little weird. We don't just kinda, that much. I'm just kind of like going to leave that behind. We don't think about it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even Finn's ridiculous. I made a grilled cheese and it looks like Jesus and I'm going to pray to it now. I was like, totally believable. given what I know of this character so far. Yeah, no, I believe this. Totally, but it's within the bonkers realm that they have set up that I that I believe it. So for mm-hmm. me, I was like, and and with understanding that yes, I don't think that they completely gave you know non you know non religious options a a fair shake. Um, the the fact that um, oh crap, I just lost my my whole train of thought there. Uh-huh. When that happens. Um, but yeah, they actually had, had characters reacting and, and going for things that I, I fully believed in was something that I was like, oh my God, we were actually, we're actually doing a thing. And in prior episodes, I, I get upset with them because they don't handle certain material with what I feel the right amount of, you know, weightiness, gravity, mm-hmm. gravitas. I mean, just like flippant rape joke yeah. and just like, oh, we're going to discuss teen pregnancy and then we're just going to move the fuck on. And it's like, whoa, hold on. And I do think while you don't want to do after school special with capitals there um, all the time or with everything, I do think certain things you do need to have uh, a certain amount of, of weight to them. And I and I was like, oh, my God, you guys actually did that here and you did try to you know, make it more, more glee-ish and less after-school special with this whole grilled cheese thing, which I don't think really worked. Let's be honest. I'm not like, I'm not all in on that, but I, I go, okay, well, you at least, you gave an attempt here and you did some things well. And that's where my bar is for this, for this show right now that I'm <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm, I think this, think you guys did great just because you, you walked over that bar. So kudos guys. You didn't totally fuck it up. totally fuck it up um yeah i mean it would have been nice for kurt to have someone else to talk to who shared his perspective but at the same time it does help the sense of isolation that he's feeling that sends him off to dalton so i feel like that you know is definitely again one of those points that i'm like i'm not gonna say that they did that on purpose (laughs) but you know we're gonna give it to them yeah that i this does kind of and as well as give sue a bit of um fodder as far as when when people go oh sue was always nice to kurt yeah she was not but when you go when you look at the fix and everybody's like oh sue loved kurt it's like i think it's it's moments like these where you could see that sue had more sides to her Mm -hmm. and she wasn't just blindly i hate everybody but there were there were people that she had softer moments for and and kurt was one of them i think this was is part of the the evidence of that um which i I kind of like i like more than exactly sides to her six six sides boxes have six sides (laughs) um yeah 
pretty much anything anything else i have on um one one note i would like to say i well i know this is in the middle of nowhere ohio mm-hmm. and it's likely that you know there's one kid who's going to be um fairly you know loud about being an atheist and like one adult and everybody else is just going to be default insert christian religion here it would have been kind of nice to be like also there are other religions yeah (laughs) that bothered me like nobody else had any there wasn't even like a catholic it was just christian and then two jews one of whom forgets she's jewish every once in a while when it's convenient it yeah, just like, yeah. yeah it was like and there was something very odd about kurt bringing in someone who is specifically a sikh acupuncturist and not just like an acupuncturist because there it's not like it's not like acupuncture is religion based at this point and you can just go to school i just thought it was interesting that he got a made, person, made a note of that yeah that he made a a point of saying this is a Sikh acupuncturist and I, I didn't really yeah. get what the point of that was yeah and I don't know if that's a that's a character point where he's like I'm pointing this out to you in in character because mm-hmm. I want you to be like I specifically went out and found somebody of a different religion to do this or if this yeah. was a writer thing saying let's add more religion <laughs> and so we're gonna make a point but this is a Sikh this hospital scenes kind of annoyed me with how much his friends didn't care about his feelings. Like, they, they, they were kind of assholes. They were super assholes. Like, he's already said he doesn't need or want you praying, and you're like busting into his dad's room to do it anyway. Like, oh, Probably Kurt's feelings you, don't matter at all. Because this is one of those things where it's like if it was the other way around, where Kurt was super religious. And wanted his friends to come pray with him over mm-hmm. with for over his dad and his friends said oh that doesn't actually do anything fuck that mm-hmm. it's sort of like well that's rude because this is a person is going through a thing and you right. need to be you know be nice to the person that's going through a thing with however they're feeling and how whatever they think i don't particularly think excessive prayer over a person who is sick and dying is going to do anything i think doctors will um but nor am i going to tell somebody who has a loved one who is sick and dying you shouldn't pray because if that's giving them some sort of comfort you should allow them to do that so it's it's funny how oh it's i did not see it as okay when i was watching it i thought it was showing that his friends were dicks and that was further isolation of him Mm -hmm. but i can also see that as as when watching it as oh no it's okay to bully somebody who doesn't believe in something it's not how i took it but i get but i don't think they were very clear in their interpretation of it yeah it's okay to subject your beliefs onto other people as long as they match your like it's not okay we just we've just summed up the every single religious war yeah ever happened it's okay for religious people to force their ideas on you but god forbid you do it the other way around but um, I'll use that to kind of segue into into Kurt um, this episode and uh, Kurt, Kurt and Bert, Chris, how our thoughts on how amazing Kurt and Chris are. Let's discuss them. <laughs> um, are we starting at amazing? amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I will go. I I, I, I do don't not let you really take the lead on this one. I fucking love. Kurt and Chris in this episode. I'm sure. I love him in a lot, in a lot of other ones, but um, I, I I think he pretty much nails everything that he was given to do here. And while I do understand and agree that yeah, this was definitely Emmy baiting ep- an episode, I'm not angry about it because I think he's got a lot to work with and he does it really well. And I'm not going to lie that I may have gotten a little verklempt while he sings, I want to hold your hand. And, yeah. and I have whole thoughts on that song. And I, I'm I like trying to hold myself back, not to go into that until we get to that part of my, my outline. Your outline. Because I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself <laughs> on track. Um, I know exactly. But I think, I think he did 
his some of his best acting he's done because now that granted that is not a high bar to step over considering this was <laughs> the first time he sang this season um this is like the 25th episode season one he has he's like pretty much a background character but um we have had a few moments of him usually with with Bert um and this is this is one of them that I think that I think is is the best as far as being able to show one how good Chris is at acting but also just kind of Kurt's character and you you see that it's more than just angry gay teenage boy and that there's a lot going on um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking now because I'm just gonna keep preparing myself <laughs> um I liked his hair swoop I thought I thought in this episode he's starting to look like the Kurt of the rest of the seasons and not like a prepubescent yeah. guy mm-hmm. which is nice because then it's easier to take him seriously when you're not like uh he's 12 yeah <laughs> um he has proven himself a very good crier, which is great. You need to be uh, able to cry to get an Emmy. I know. No, I'm being a dick. I liked it. I liked him. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> uh, I can't take anything seriously. I liked him in it. Um, I liked that he felt true to his character. Um, as much as he pissed me off as a character with the way he was talking to his dad at the tire shop, and saying that, you know, going to his sing-along musical was more important than Friday dinners. As much as that pissed me off, I got it as a as a character choice, right? Like, he's still feeling a little left behind by Carol and Finn joining the family, and he's feeling unsure of his place in this new family, and that it's just been the twosome for a while, and that felt comfortable for him and safe, and now it's being moved in on by someone who's hurt him, being Finn. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, the replacing the mother figure, which is always hard for people. And so my annoyance was with the character, not, which was good, right? Like, it caused a reaction. And anything with Bert and Kurt is always nice. The dad having a heart attack, you know, it's a little close to home, but well mm-hmm. done. Anyway, eat more vegetables, less red meat. Good good moral to the episode. Like, legitimately, not sarcastically. Yeah, like, legitimately, yeah. like, watch your health, hearts are... Uh, yeah, they're hard to replace. You can do it, but sometimes it takes a while. Hard to replace, and heart disease is actually the number one killer among all, uh, most people in the United States. And heart so, attacks don't feel the just, same for women as they do for men. Just FYI. So, like, legitimately, super look important up, note. Super important that heart attacks in women are often quite different than they are for men. And TV shows really only use male dominant heart attack symptoms. And uh, you should look those up and be aware. Because we care about you. <laughs> and anyway, your loved ones. <laughs> and your loved ones. Um, but no, I mean, if you, if, I jokingly say, let's talk about how amazing he is. But uh, obviously, if you, if you don't have, if you disagree, please, please. Um, he was fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, this felt like the beginning of Kurt as a character. I liked. He was still kind of annoying, but it's basically what Emily said. He was annoying, but at least I understood it, and it wasn't just random acts of cruelty. Mm-hmm. It had a reason beyond caricature of, like, predatory gay kid. Yeah. Uh, which was most of him the first season. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I thought Chris was great. Um, it is harder for me to watch him when he's this young and take him seriously. Um, I even I love I want to hold your hand, but even then I was like, this is the beginning of Chris as a good actor and a character that looks mm-hmm. mature. This is like the starting point. So I don't think this. I would say this is even in my like top five solos that Chris had. Mm-hmm. But I could see what I like about him later on in this one. Um, one of the things I I note uh, or I, I thought about while watching and I don't know if this is going too far into into reality um in which case if it is we can we can cut this in post it's fine um <laughs> but so much of, of things that Chris has said in in interviews that um about Kurt that you know that he identified with um being the out kid in school um and I think a lot of you know, his personal um, uh, parts of his life 
informed and you know his his acting choices um one of the things i was thinking about while watching was huh i don't know chris's religious perspective i could be completely wrong but i also he seems like a fairly smart person that i go feels like he'd be more atheist than anything else and grew up in a very conservative rural part of california and i'm just left me kind of going, I wonder how much of, of Kurt's very strong, you know, perspective on, on religion, because, you know, as he said, no, I'm not going to be religious because they persecute me, right. is, is based in his own, um, in his own experience. I mean, it's probably yeah. a lot, but it also wouldn't surprise me if you could say the same thing about Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. True. Because I, true. I, I do, I, I don't know where Ryan Murphy grew up, but I'm going to say... It was probably in a time ago. period. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't matter when it was. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's probably a universal gay kid who is flamboyant enough to be targeted, whether they're out or not, type of feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's like a universal gay experience because a lot of people are still closeted through high school, so it might not be their experience, but. Chris didn't yeah, really have an option. Yeah. There are, there are, I think there are enough people that, I mean, yes, there are some that are straight passing that can, and if they do not want to, do not need to, or are able to not come out of the closet um, just because they do not want to. Some are never able to be in the closet. And I think that is universal is that, you know, if you're not able to be in the closet, no matter where you are, it's, it's, it's frustrating, especially if you are in a, um, area of the country area of the world where that is that is difficult for religious reasons so this is it's not a so question so much as observation religious people are so intolerant of other people and yet so weird. we just didn't go to church with them enough we should have just listened to them more jesus that was that's where we went wrong we weren't listening uh, if only we'd listened then they would we would be more tolerant of their intolerance if only we could be more tolerant of their intolerance yes that is we just have to accept that they hate us and also (laughs) want to preach to us yes if only we knew better listeners we're being a lot Uh, nicer than we could be so (laughs) very true at least least Um, i am oh yeah we all have stories on that on that (laughs) spectrum that we could be talking about here but that's that's for our other podcast that we have yet to yet to sidebar. actually create. <laughs> our our second podcast sidebar, sidebar. Um, you joke, but I, I think also it kind of want to talk. About, I think it's a great name for our podcast. By the way, eventually we'll make it happen. <laughs> um, I also really liked Sue's storyline, and maybe it's because I'm 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 leaning in all of the care all of the characters that were like super anti-religious, mm-hmm. but. Um, it did not surprise me that Sue was the one who was like, you can't sing that here. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Schuster doesn't even care. And I'm like, of course you wouldn't care because you're just kind of spineless. And I can see you being like a, a quietly, like allowed, not a religious person that actually super into it because then you would actually have to have like convictions and beliefs, but like, like passively religious where it's like, I don't mm-hmm. care, but cool. Why aren't you? So the milk toast of religion. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'd say basically this talk on Sue came into a rant on Schuster. I'm sorry. Back to Sue. I'm so shocked. That's Her so atypical of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has just been an ability for me to complain about the character I hate the yes. most. It's just in therapy. Um no, it's to Sue's storyline. Um, I found to be really interesting, even though I didn't like the end of it. I know it was supposed to be sort of like she goes to her sister and, and her sister believes something different. And you see Sue militant in the middle of the episode. And then you see her kind of change because, you know, Jean is her sister and Jean believes something different. And that allows her to kind of be, okay, I will, I will amend certain reactions because it's a loved one mm-hmm. i just don't like i i don't like that part felt preachy to me and that part i didn't like um yeah. but what what 
what were you guys thoughts on Sue on in her storyline and how and how they handled it I I mean I liked her scene with her sister with Jean um for uh-huh. the most part you know it's nice for Jane Lynch to have something else to do besides rant and rave yeah um and I think she and that actress have just like a really nice chemistry as two sisters um so their scenes usually feel pretty believable and it's nice like you get you get a lot of information about sue in in a in short scenes which is something glee's actually really bad at and they do pretty well here is you get a lot of background with here's a sister she looked up to here's a sister she admired here's a sister who's a little bit different and how the world's reaction to her sister affected Sue internally and not turned her into the person she is, but definitely affected her reactions to the world at large in this kind of mean, brusque, cold, snappy, snarky, mean kind of a way as a, as a reaction to the way the world has treated her sister. Um, so I just, I, I liked getting that background for her and the softer side of Sue. Yeah. Come see the softer side of Sue. She supported you doing that for the for the opening. <laughs> well, I mean, we do have the the uh, software to like copy and move that to the <laughs> beginning. Good, but I do um, I do agree. I liked that it was something else, something different, something mm-hmm. more as. And this is when I, when I go back to saying this is why I, I do think this is one of their finest episodes to date was just that like they were able to take a small thing like that and show that her character is more than the villain that season one, the, the characterized villain or caricatured, I guess I should say villain in season one. This is here the other side, another side to her. This is something different. She's got a sister that, you know, she reacts to differently and that there's more to her than that and she also reacts differently to kurt so it's not just every student that she hates there's more to her and um they didn't take it didn't take much for them to do this so which is what frustrates me because it's like you guys can do this like Mm -hmm. i don't know if like you accidentally stumbled into it on in certain episodes where it's like look you did the thing and it was by accident but you can you can do this so whether you do or you don't is like it's almost like that you don't want to you you get rid of it because you want to put more stupid rape jokes in there we need to take it out so we can add more random songs that make no sense i don't know but like you can do the thing you just don't most of the time yeah so i mean they could have this is just like flights of fancy rambling but they could have even done stuff like this for shoe right where you uh-huh. just instead of the entire thing with him and terry which i know they started writing and then had to find their way out of it and whatever but like instead of that whole nonsensical thing you could have had um it, you just get little scenes of them at home and maybe he's looking at a photo album uh, of them in high school and you know just little moments of who these people are and what they really care about and maybe there's like an intimation that she had a miscarriage not that there's this wild and crazy fake pregnancy that is just not interesting or believable in any way but something really kind of in depth that you it's, it's riding under the surface the way sue and her sister have i mean that would have been a really good use of terry as a character and also made me give a fuck when their marriage was falling apart if yeah. there was like an understandable factor that was contributing to it something just that you know, like they don't have to they don't have they wouldn't have had to do like a oh my wife miscarried and it's the worst thing that ever yeah. happened to me it's just this thing like in the background where you know in the in the first episodes or whatever we kind of get that something happened in their marriage and they're not happy and they're dealing with something we don't really know what it is and it kind of just gets revealed that there's this thing that's now between them that they can't they can't overcome and then they break up not this like bizarre bullshit that happened that's what i would have done anyway uh do you know someone we can shop that script to <laughs> yes <laughs> indeed i do <laughs> 
we'll work on that. <laughs> I can help you there. <laughs> Get writing. Yeah. Oh, Mandy, you're on Act One. As long Great. As I don't have so to my first, like, my, my first job is to figure out how to cast Darren Chris in this in season one. <laughs> I know how to get this made. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris. Soul Netflix. We got Darren. We got Darren. We've got Chris. Surprise! That's actually what's I happening next week. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's happening next week? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh, I, I got it. I got it. All right. So the the final thing I have I have on here as far as talking about like storylines is is it literally says Finn's dumb plot. Oh, do we have anything oh. on it other than Finn's I, dumb I plot? Already forgot that existed. I know I we just... talked a lot about heavy handed thoughts here, and I just kind of want to bring it back to to the crunchies. I mean, a teenage boy praying to win a football game, and then also praying to touch someone's boobs. Like, eh, fine. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it didn't interest me, but I wasn't mad about it, because, like, that's what teenage boys are like. Yeah, it, it, I would say it was just forgettable. It wasn't, yeah. like, offensive. I found... I guess my... my... I found Finn's religious storyline easier to laugh at than Kurt's, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Word. I don't think you were supposed to laugh at Kurt's, really. No, but... I mean, Glee doesn't take anything completely seriously. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, I will say, do you do you think can, because it's supposed to be like the the comedy side to lighten up, like the a plot? Do you think it was, it worked, in that sense? Because I mean, it is supposed to be bonkers, ha ha ha, this is insane, to make the a storyline easier to to take in doses so that the entire episode doesn't feel like oh my god i'm exhausted do you oh, think yeah, that actually it, worked uh i mean it it worked in so far as cory monteith is like so charming that it's hard to hate him like ah look at this yeah. stupid fuck <laughs> like it gets you know i, I agree with that yeah he's got enough charm and heart that you're like ah fine i'll let this idiot do this without um being too annoyed Rachel annoyed me with her like sexuality issues. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Is that on your PowerPoint? I forgot. It if is it not. Is... So by all means, please talk okay. about that now. So we're going off script, but like <laughs> her whole thing of giving sexuality as a reward to a boy being less than stupid for once was so annoying and so like girls don't do that. She was like, I'm, I give you this because you gave me that. Don't do that. Don't let him touch your boobs just because he made a promise he's never going to keep about some distant future that doesn't exist. I, uh, I agree with that. I, I will say I don't, I don't think the Finn's dumb plot did what it was supposed to. I do agree with the idea that Corey is just incredibly charming. So it's like, okay, it's, some, it's to some degree... I can I can go along with with just about anything just because it's like okay you're you're just very sweet and wholesome and okay fine mm. um, but like it was it was like for me it was just like this is yes I believe this is something Finn would totally do this seems very in character but at the same on the same like on the same hand or by the same token or whatever insert whatever moniker you want here. Um, I just felt like it was so dumb. I was just like, you could have gone for something a little bit, a little bit more believable here, mm-hmm. and I think it would have worked better. I think it was a little too for goddamn ridiculous for my uh, taste seeing to actually real... be a yeah for it to be a legitimate like spiritual awakening. How... Yeah, no, I just I was just like, this is it was a little too much, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I at the same time, on the same token, I'm not like angry about it because yeah, Corey's just charming, so whatever, <laughs> fine. Um, side note, um, the food stylist on the um on set used an imprint marker to mm. make the the Jesus outline and had to make a hundred sandwiches for the entire run of the episode. It's mm. a lot of food. Food. Also, uh, just just you know, note on plot. Uh, Finn makes that grilled cheese and like 
the length of the episode is like two weeks and then he yeah. eats it at the end of the episode and I mean I know he kept it in the fridge but it wasn't in the fridge the whole time also a, a grilled cheese kept in the fridge is a soggy sandwich listen it's there are not a lot of a, bad choices a, made on this show <laughs> and I really we're nitpicking on, on the grilled cheese but like yeah I mean he might get sick from um, that. So, don't, we don't know have a whole different sort of come to Jesus moment then. <laughs> really sick. Yeah, what are you doing in the hospital? Um, I ate a two-week-old grilled cheese sandwich that had Jesus's face on it. Um, um, uh, what do we feel about the overall characterization in this episode? If we have any thoughts at all, I mean, other than intolerant religious people annoy me, and Quinn and Mercedes came off like dick bags, you know. But doesn't that, I mean, doesn't that in some way... It was in character. Um, I guess the little blip of Puck was interesting, but I don't really care to talk about him, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, yeah. So, like, if there are people who are like, but what about Puck's reveal that he's religious? Like, I, I know, I just don't want to talk about it. Uh, yeah. I guess it would have been nice to get a perspective from Artie, because it is mentioned, like, you know too bad about what god did your legs like that that would have been interesting to get his perspective on like well how do you feel about a deity and free will and how much control a deity exacts over any individual life right like do you feel like god made you blah 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 like especially with gene having said you know god makes no mistakes and that was her opinion yeah considering her situation it would have been interesting to have heard from from marty yeah, to get another perspective of someone who's like maybe really angry at a deity for quote unquote causing, which I know like we're not saying that that's how it happens, right? Like uh-huh. we as we as podcasters are not like like you know anyway. It was caused blame. by a deity. That's yeah, yeah. What we're saying is like it would have been interesting to have a character be mad and struggle with an idea that maybe there is a deity who did cause um, a disability and what that means. That means about faith and fairness and all of those things that get tied up in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they would have done that well in the show, but it would have been an interesting attempt. It's always one of those things you have to balance or, or I guess kind of uh, figure out it's like, this would have been interesting for them to do. However, they would not have done it well. So, yeah. do I want to finish that try? But did I want to hear it? Um, yeah, I, was, I the only notes I had as far as far as for this later. was just that, hmm? like a certain eating disorder that comes along later. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just I I had Kurt and Sue had huge jumps for characterization, um, which we've already. And I have already expounded on, so I'll jump. I'll, I will jump on from there. Mm. Um, just want to see if there's anything, there's anything else, I guess, as far as on the character side that uh, we did not bring up since we focused on a couple of characters. Um, um, I I will say I really liked the flashback scenes showing um, Kurt and. Oh, those are so cute. Yeah, and like it was a really good look at Kurt's really supportive upbringing, which yeah. is nice—a nice counterpoint to like the tension between them now, with mm-hmm. the whole like Carol and Finn thing. So I don't know yeah. if that really counts as like amazing characterization, but it was just really good, like quiet background stuff. I think well, it counts. It you know it does make his his current point of view. It puts it into perspective when you're like, hey, fuckhead, look at this awesome upbringing you had that not everybody got. Yes. Like, show your dad a little more respect and understand how well he did for you this whole time. Like, now it's your turn to do something for him. And, like, also kind of showed um, this was how much his father meant or and means to him. Yeah. So... Like when he goes batshit, whiny, angry teenager because he feels like he's losing his father. That's because this is how, this is how, this is what this man has done in his life. Yeah. And this is how important this man is. So yeah, it's not just like it, it means so much. So you see stuff like this. I think 
um, Mary, that this, I absolutely agree, this is, this is char great characterization. And many times I would say show, don't tell. Obviously you can't show the upbringing mm -hmm. unless you do when they're already 15, 16 years old, unless you're doing these flashbacks or have a moment where you're looking through scrapbooks of some sort. Um, and I think that this was a great way. I would much rather have had this flashback than an offhanded remark of, oh, we had tea parties. Yeah. It was yeah. far more poignant. And also, so I, I, I'm, I'm also constantly startled by how much, um, what was his name? Adam. Oh, the kid? Yeah, the kid looked like Chris Colfer at that age. Yeah. Their kid casting all around was, was amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking of other children that were cast later. Adam Colkin. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not related to the others, is he? No. No. Oh, Spelled okay. differently, isn't it? Oh. Uh, yeah. Rory, McCulley, Adam. Adam. <laughs> it's funny because Adam Colkin looks nothing like Chris now. Hmm. Chris looks nothing like Chris now, though. <laughs> That's true. Chris doesn't look anything like himself now. That's another sidebar. <laughs> that is another podcast completely. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Thoughts and opinions on that one, but um, I need more to drink to be able to go into that. So this finally leads me about the songs. The songs. Um, um, I think we can skip over only the good die young. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a song that was in the episode. Done. <laughs> <Something else. laughs> Fair. And we're out. Um, so you usually just ask what your favorite song is, but I actually wanted to to discuss a little bit I guess a little bit more in depth because I had some other questions um for um the use in the in the episode because we've discussed those previously like hey you picked these songs and sometimes they will sing other times like this made no sense why you just wanted to sing this or you just got the rights to this how do we feel as far as like use of the songs this time it seemed like they really tried to make it match mm -hmm. um for better or worse <laughs> um, I don't particularly care for Papa Can You Hear Me I get why Rachel sang it and why she picked it and why she made it all about herself um, I Want to Hold Your Hand made sense even if it is like a weirdly I mean it's a romantic song but it they made it work especially with the use of the flashbacks and changing the key a little bit um Losing my religion is just we. I think losing my religion, while it sounded good, was an odd choice because like it it put Finn into that glee problem where they do an entire arc in one episode. Mm -hmm. So like he sees grilled Jesus in his sandwich and then then he's all the way over to rep like REM. Like eh, let's see, losing my religion kind of felt like a song that someone going through a real crisis might sing and not just maybe i prayed for to touch someone's boobs and now bad things are happening yeah i feel like it's such a good episode title i prayed to, to a god to touch somebody's boobs and now bad things are happening and now the quarterback got his arm dislocated <laughs> like you know causation is not something or other causation is not correlation there we go uh yeah, I mean, they tried harder, and I appreciated that they tried, because in an episode like this, random-ass songs would have felt really out of key. They would have, that would have been super annoying just to have, like, a Katy Perry song pop up in the middle of this. I am. Katy Perry popping up is never a bad idea. How dare you? Summer Blaine ah! Anderson is upset. <laughs> it's upset. Um, interestingly, I, I thought I have many thoughts. One, um, I have a strong opinion that Chris is one of the only ones that can sing beat the Beatles um, with some slight caveats. And I, I stand by that. Um, that to me, I want to hold your hand was an example of when Kalina's the song or do the songs well, or it's like they picked a song that maybe it didn't seem like it would fit but it does given the context mm -hmm. and so it's like yes it this this works this fits within the characterization it fits within the story this fits within 
you know, everything. Whereas um, losing my religion just feels like it's on the nose where they Googled to say songs about religion. And then like, we're throwing these in here. And I'm like, that, that's, it, it doesn't, it works, but like, it's not really, it, it works, but it doesn't. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And and yes. I just I so I feel like I feel like and then one of us um, is just completely all wrong for which is another one of those you Google for songs about religion and you got this song and you just decided to add it and it was like what this doesn't yeah. what if God was one of us that's like that doesn't that doesn't fit this at all um, you just went for it for that for that particular reason so in in my opinion this this episode spanned the um the gamut between hey when you when you hit it and you got it right and then when you fuck it up completely like way to hit it in all aspects i also thought that ending the episode on so like the last song of the episode tends to wrap up a theme right like they tend to Uh use it as not necessarily an on the nose, but is like, all right, here's everyone together. Here's what we're all making a, a group statement about. And I did think it was weird that it ended on a song that is very obvious pro-religion, right? Yeah. Like it, it's not a song about questioning. It's not a song just about faith in general. It's not a song about humanity as God. It's, it's literally about a, a Christian God. And I just thought that was like, oh, so you're saying that it ends on a particular message, which colors the rest of the episode. And I was like, we didn't, we didn't need to end on this. Especially with, with Sue saying, okay, well, I'm not going to, to, you know, say anything bad about this one. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her like agreeing at the end. I was like, oh God, they did it. <laughs> they were like, I guess it's fine. That was, you know, even this show. <laughs> so then do, uh, did we have a, a favorite song in the episode, even if we feel like a lot of them are, ugh. Uh, I mean, I want to hold your hand. Yeah, Obviously. that would, I didn't want to speak for everybody, <laughs> even though I did at various points of this podcast. <laughs> Speaking for everybody, I think. I think that this is the best episode. And, and um, I mean, it's like it's the only one I would listen to again. Yes, I agree with that. And and finally, do we have a um, favorite line from the uh, mm, from the What did I write down? Honestly, the only thing I wrote down was "This country is not a monarchy." Trust me, I've tried. Mm. Good one. Yeah, like, yeah, Bert and Kurt, they're the things that they say to each other are, mm-hmm. are are nice, but I, you know, there wasn't one line that stuck out that I wrote down. It was more of a general sense of their conversations. Wrote down, I hope our genuflection to the great spaghetti monster in the sky doesn't take too long. <laughs> I, I was about to say, if I had a favorite line, it would be one of Kurt's insults towards religion. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a good Just because I, I was like, oh, God bless Pastafarianism. <laughs> I'm so glad we brought- <laughs> It was diverse. They brought in that. Uh, I take back my earlier comments. We brought in pastafarianism, so clearly we had. A... So we're all good. Honestly, I I would have liked um, Kurt take up with the Church of Satan. Honestly, mm-hmm. he could he could like be like I could get behind this. Surely he's a member of the House of Gaga. <sighs> <laughs> oh. Too soon. Too soon. All right. So then, and then our, our last, uh, our last thing here on on a on a Kevin scale, well, from one to five, what are we what are we giving this? Oh, was was already in this episode or what? Yeah, I have no idea. This was a pretty low on the Kevin scale one. Are we back to like a point five? I think we are. Yeah, yeah. After after a close high of last uh, last episode, we're down to down to a pretty low. Interesting. Well, you know leaves nothing if not consistently inconsistent that is that is totally totally the case i I have nothing my brain my coffee's gone and so now my brain is gone (laughs) (laughs) just how it works now all right any any final thoughts words haikus limerick (laughs) 
What if I just busted out a limerick, though? I mean, I would be incredibly impressed. There once was a glee club from Nantucket. <laughs> uh, Wait, uh, if you if you decide to write your limerick as well as they write glee, you can literally just say the first line and then add fuck it and then call it a day. <laughs> there once was a club from Nantucket whose um, songs Bones? were so bad they could suck it. Um, their they, leader was... Their, their leader was grim and we didn't like him. And now we have a podcast, so fuck it. <laughs> podcast, so fuck it. There we go. Done. And with that, <laughs> I think so. To wrap up this very special episode about uh, religion, uh, we'd like to give you a dirty limerick. I feel like that sounds that that's pretty on brand. I say, and with that, I think there's nothing. There's nothing further that we can say. Uh, All right, now. Oh, you know what I will say? <laughs> I will say that. Um, they do, they do keep in the storyline Bert's health. So, you know, going, going forward, it's not like he had this massive heart attack and then it's never spoken about again. It is something that they continue. Um, and I did appreciate that consistency going forward because a massive heart attack is like a life altering event. Um, or at least it should, at least it should be if you're doing it right. Yeah. It does kind of remind me how how poor Bert is sort of a uh, uh, punching bag. I know. In in medical senses, it's like poor guy. He literally has to sacrifice his health in order to be a well written character. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's it, I'd rather have that than I think some other things. I'm like, okay, you're just gonna get it punched on, and I feel bad for you. But they didn't kill you, and they didn't like destroy your characterization. So, yeah, it's not like they turn him into a raging homophobe or something. Randomly. Because let's be honest, that wouldn't have been surprising if they had. I mean, they could return with a seventh season and we could all be proven wrong. I don't know. But your Seventh season will not continue. Glee reboot. Bert the homophobe. That's episode one. That is not our Netflix series, FYI. I just would like to point that out. Sure. I don't so, know what you're writing. That's that's where I was going. No, no, that is not included in, okay. in our Netflix series. That only that only casts like two two people. I'm gonna say three because we are casting Michael Malley. Well, yeah. So, it's just the three of them. <laughs> Nobody else. I think, I think it sounds perfect. Occasionally, Mike Chang. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, Artie would have a walk-on role. <laughs> would he? <laughs> I feel like we. I feel like we could tell. Totally would he though? I feel like he, he I'm gonna say he would because I feel like Kevin McHale would be like, "Wait, no, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I shouldn't play a disabled character." Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, then, I want to be able to have him dance randomly. Yes. Because he dances really well, and I just, I just want that for reasons. I feel like that to be allowed. And then, um, crap, I've already forgotten his name. Matt. Matt Rutherford is gonna be in it. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've got five people. We need to cast a bunch of women. We only have dudes right now. It's gonna uh, be an ongoing project. I yeah, think. we'll work on it. Okay, only two of which are 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 POC. So we're gonna have to work on this. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get back. To, we'll get back to you on it. Yeah. All right. Well then, <laughs> with that and full limerick writing skills, I think I think we should say um, that's what you missed on Glee. Also. Uh, don't miss our amazing uh, Christmas episode that will be coming out later. It is not a Glee episode, which isn't it though? <laughs> it's in a way, the episode that isn't Glee. It is the most Glee. Yeah, it is the most Glee episode that is not Glee. So uh, I think I think everybody will enjoy. And uh, so with that, uh, I guess we should say, and that's what you missed on Glee. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. 
because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car... (laughs) ...or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.